This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane here with two of my good friends, one being Chris Valente. Chris, hello, my friend. Hi, Rob. Hi. We have a guest. We have a guest. We have a guest. That's like a uh, from uh, how long here? Movie reference. Movie reference. Uh, that's from uh, Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Oh be our God. guest. Be our guest. Oh my God. That, no, if you're going to drop movie references, please. No, Beauty and the Beast. That's, I have a four year old. Yes, I know. And I do too. And I don't think the listeners are up on their beauty. And the, maybe they are, but come they on. Are, come on. Anyway, it doesn't You're not matter. the movie guy. Stick, stay in your lane. <laughs> stay, <laughs> stay in, in your my lane. lane. Uh, Scott Minto. He is the director of the Sports NBA program at our great friends at San Diego State. Scott, welcome, buddy. Rob, Chris, great to be with you guys. Thanks for having me on. It has only taken us about 115 episodes, and you've been there since day one. Just about. I mean, I think I got an email from you promoting the program after the first or second episode, and I thought, boy, this is a stock I have to buy as low as possible because it's. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm glad to be about. You had a few of my alumni on, which is great. Uh, a few of my friends on, which is great. But uh, it's great to, great to finally join you guys myself. Well, it's a pleasure. It is an absolute pleasure uh, to have you. So I guess today, Chris and I just kind of wanted to BS a little bit today about, you know, we're getting all the questions right now and there's nobody better to talk to you about. If like it, weird time, you know, weird times, let's talk about, should I go get my MBA program? Like what does San Diego State provide that's unique? Like I want to kind of walk through a lot of these different things about the benefits of, getting your MBA because a lot of these are your sports MBA uh, because so many of our listeners, I mean, Chris, how many, inter, how many informational interviews have you done saying, what do you think about going and get a sports MBA program? What do you think about going to get a grad degree? Countless, countless, like people, people obviously are looking for guidance and what they're facing right now in terms of what our industry is dealing with. And, and I, I'm always a big proponent of you're never, no matter, take pandemic aside, you're never going to be, knocked down because you furthered your education, right? Like if you can go make yourself better and learn more and, and be able to sit in an interview and say, I learned X, Y, Z by going and getting my sports MBA, no one's going to penalize you for that. So in, in regarding getting your degree and getting smarter and becoming more well-rounded, where you and I have always been a proponent of it. It just never happened for you and I in our lives. I think we had different 
career paths and timing got in the way a little bit for me. Oh, you also um, have to be, you know, uh, smart and, you know, be able to read really top to bottom, left loved, to right. I, I mean, I'm kind of jealous of like, in terms of people who can actually have that opportunity now, I, I'd love almost for something like this to have happened early in my career to force me to kind of make this decision. But beyond that, I think, look, we've had people on from San Diego state in interviews. We've talked to the, the students I can tell you the people little that have Jackie been on Tipton. Jackie, little Jackie Tipton, <laughs> Armand over at the Kansas City Chiefs, the most well prepared, polished people we've probably had as interviews. Uh, so, Scott, you're doing something right out there in San Diego other than the people going to the beach. So, kudos to you. But, um, yeah, though, like, I guess, really high level overview, if just to tell us about the program, like what you guys do offer and, and what your current situation is. Sure. Yeah. And so, I'm, I'm director of the sports MBA program at San Diego State. I've been in that role since 2007. So it's been a long haul for me in, in the role, but I was a student back in the inaugural class in 2005 with uh, the, the famous Jackie Tipton, uh, <laughs> elementary school classmate of Rob, grad school classmate of Scott Minto. So it was really, uh, it was really serendipitous to get a hold of you and realize that you and Jack go way back. But, um, you know, for me, uh, I think, the program has been around now for quite some time. We're, we're in our you know, 15th year and about to graduate our 15th class. So it's not something that uh, is, is brand. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, there's some applause there. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's been around a while and we're, we're getting very good at what we do. And what we do is put people into a very challenging industry. As you both know, um, you mentioned at the top of the program, there's, you both don't have a graduate degree and that's just fine. You're both doing exceptionally well. There's not one specific path to get into sports. As you know, like people always ask like, okay, what do I do looking for the answer? There is no one answer. There's 50,000 different ways to work in sports. There's so many different career paths. There's so many different industries. There's so many different like types of teams or roles and, and job descriptions. Like grad school is just one path of many. It happens to be the one that I know well and I work in. So I obviously am going to speak pretty highly of it, but I, I also don't want to dismiss any, anybody who says, well, I can't afford that. Or I, I just don't feel like that. Or, or yeah, like in your case, you guys have families now. It's probably not a great option uh, to pack up the family and relocate out to San Diego and, and put your career and your earnings on hold for 12 months and, and get a grad degree. That's okay. Like it's one way of many. And I just, I don't want your listeners to be discouraged if like that's not in the cards for them or, or tune out because oh, I'm not going to go there. Well, I hope that, you know, in the course of this conversation, we can talk about how, people have been successful using the degree and some skills that they picked up in the degree that are useful in their careers that whether they come to San Diego state or not, I hope it's useful to your listeners. So I think one of the things is I could ask you, what are you seeing now where, why you're, you know, what are some of the decision, uh, the key decisions that your students are making to say, yes, I want to go get my grad degree. Yes the San Diego State Sports MBA program is the one for me. What are some of the key things that you see in all of your prospective students that say that they kind of check this box, right? Yeah, that's a great question, Rob. I think there's two camps of people that come to our program. One is the, I've never worked in sports before, but I just know that I want to. And maybe I've, I've reached my, my limit with dealing with mortgages or widgets at this company, or I just... I can't wake up every day in the next 50 years and sell insurance or whatever it might be. 
those people want to break into sports and they come to us. And then we also have people that have already worked in sports that maybe, maybe had a, a coordinator role an account executive role. Maybe they've been at the major league level and the minor league level, whatever, and they want to move up. So we get sort of two camps of people that, but both of them have the desire to give their skills a big boost. So we, we mostly get people who want to say, yeah, I'm not that good at that. Or they acknowledge that they're, they're weak in certain areas and say, okay, I, if I want to be successful in this industry where these skills or these factors are important, I have to, I have to boost my skill set, or people are just going to blow past me. So it's definitely not something that um, people just do it for the degree. Uh, in fact, we, we really don't look for people that because we do a pretty rigorous uh, application process where we, we interview people with an alum, I interview them, they do a couple of presentations, a video perhaps. And we want to know, like, do you want to move here and just get a piece of paper? because that's not, this is not the program for you if that's the case. We want people that want to get their skills up to a level where they can come in, work for a Rob, for a Chris, and say, okay, look at all the things that I can do. Here's how I can add value to your organization and figure out where that is. Because you have two very different organizations, but I want to, I want to have people that are a little bit of a, a utility players, if you will, to get in to either one of your organizations and be valuable right away. So when people look at the program, I want them to look at it as a way to not just brush up on skills that maybe they they've been forgotten about but but earn new skills and look for things like in my case I studied international affairs in undergrad so I hadn't really seen numbers on anything in really any of my classes and I figured okay if you're going to get into the business world you can't be completely ignorant of excel or yeah, accounting right. or finance or whatever so I I looked at getting an MBA so funding out my particular skill set and so we look at that as something where people say, okay, I really don't know much about, um, you know, analysis or, or stuff like that. Like I want to get it. I want to get a grad degree so I can get better at that. Knowing that a sports is a business, you know, uh, Fenway sports management, uh, the Pawtucket soon to be Woo Sox, you know, those are businesses trying to make money. And if you want to come in and add value, you can't just pretend you have to actually have the skills to, to bring that value. Little break in the action for an ad read. Uh, let's see what our good friends at Indeed has to say. 2020 has already shaped how we work, and it's almost over, thank God. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you the full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore. Total visits. So it's cleared Indeed can help you, uh, the, uh, help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it. 
fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 uh, credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com backslash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right. I actually do have, I have a question. So, Scott, you we talk a lot about there's other ways to work in sports besides working for a team or a league, right? And I think a lot of people who come into a sports NBA program, and this is my assumption, I don't have any data to back this up, probably get more well-rounded in the business sense, like you were mentioning, and can take those skills and apply them to other professions outside of a typical league or team job. Have you seen that to be the case where they they get more open-minded to working in sports, but not necessarily for a team and league and and see what their other capabilities or possibilities are in our industry? Because I mean, for, for me personally, like I love what you do. Like you obviously went and got your sports MBA and now you work in education around sports, uh, which is another avenue to obviously be inside the business, but not necessarily work for the, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Right. Yeah. And I, I actually take a lot of pride in that. And our, I know our alumni do as well, because we we want our students to be exposed to everything. And it's not their fault if they show up on day one of the sports MBA program saying, you know, I want to work for the Red Sox because. I grew up rooting for the Red Sox. That's my favorite team. I want to, I want to go work for the Red Sox. And you say, okay, um, well, what if that doesn't work out, what do you want to do? And it's, it's not really to be expected that they'll have that answer, but you know, you don't often get people coming to us and saying like, Oh, I want to do like corporate partnerships with DraftKings, or I want to do, I want to run an agency and handle this account, or I want to work for legends, or I want to work for uh, Wasserman or, you know, there's so many different places that our alumni go. Um, I'm actually really proud of the ones who, who look at the industry as a giant ecosystem that it is. And don't just say, okay, big four sports or bust, like looking at different leagues, different minor leagues, different, um, you know, companies that support sports, looking at apparel company, there's so much to do. And I think the good part about this program being an MBA and not a sports management masters is we have a lot of alumni that work for just corporations and maybe they're sports adjacent, maybe they're not, but you've got your Google, your Facebook, like the Bay area. We obviously have a lot of folks go up there because we're in California, but you know, sending people to go work at an, at, a, at an agency in New York or consumer products company or whatever it might be. I'm, I'm really proud of that because it says, okay, well, this person can go and take this degree and be flexible. So uh, we, we do, Chris, we open everybody's eyes to what the ecosystem is and you're going to hear from speakers, uh, you know, and all over the, all over the place and all over the map. And that's on purpose because I want people not to just think like, okay, I have to work for a team or this will be a total failure. Yeah. So is that one of the biggest, uh, is that one of the biggest misconceptions that for the kids, I say kids, uh, they're usually younger adults that come into the program is like, oh, I'm going to come in here. I'm going to graduate. I'm going to go work for the big four that you kind of have to overcome. Like what, what other misconceptions do you see students have once they enter the program that you're like, that's your job now to like, as kind of we do every week, kind of put to bed some of these misnomers in our industry. Uh, it's a good question, Chris. I, I often see people coming in, looking at, I'm going to get into the business of sports because I read or saw Moneyball and I want to be in player analytics or I want to, I, I know the GM's name. I know, I know that they sign players. I'm really good at fantasy sports or daily fantasy sports or gambling on sports. And I think it's really incumbent upon me to just outline how hard that particular path is within sports and how hard it's gotten since any of the three of us start, well, the two of you and me on the outside looking <laughs> in have gotten into the industry because 
you know, the Sloan conference was, you know, in one classroom uh, at MIT, you know, for one afternoon right. when I started this job. And now it's, you know, at the Heinz Convention Center, it's 2000, it sells out. It's got Barack Obama and Mark Cuban and everybody else. And it, uh, that, we, had to, we had to sneak in the back door. Literally, we had people open the back door for us to get in because it was sold out. We couldn't get tickets. We had to I'm going to call Daryl Morey and report you first. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I, I feel like that line is five miles long to get into the analytics space and, and to work in player operations. And I'm sure, Chris, you've heard this a million times because just that the people talk to you, they, they're, they see the word Fenway or they go near the park or they go near offices and they're like, all right, well, this is the next step to get to you know, Mr. Bloom's chair. And, and you're like, no, yeah, like, it's no, not, I don't want to talk not. to you about that. Like, and, and, you know, the step there is to get accepted to MIT for a PhD in data science or like completely and, the and baseball scouting world specifically has changed exponentially in the last 15 years. Like everyone you look at has a data, is a data scientist. They're not baseball fans. Like it's just, they, it's a very different world. Right. And so I think it's, it's okay that people come to this program with that being their mindset of like the business side of sports, because nobody's really reading big books or seeing Brad Pitt movies about Rob Crane and Chris Valenti, but you guys have sports jobs that are- No, that's not true. Okay. Rob has been in, Rob was in a documentary. That's true. I was in a documentary, so I- We have I'm a movie star. We do have a I'm movie star. <laughs> um, I'm gonna make sure your IMDb page, DB page is updated. I haven't seen it recently, but I, I think <laughs> the, the job that my faculty and I and my alumni have is to say, "Hey, cool! Like, I don't want to, I don't want to dampen your spirit. I don't want to you know, dump on you and say, okay, you're not going to be an NFL GM or you're not going to, you know, run baseball ops for the Dodgers. But just learn these skills that might get you there. And if you go and it's not successful, you're going to have a hell of a career working." in analytics, maybe on the revenue side, or maybe for, uh, for a venue itself, or for, uh, you know, like somebody like a DraftKings or a William Hill or whatever it might be. And you're going to be happier than you've ever thought possible, but you're not going to be in that five mile line, long line. You're going to be going after something where it's a little more attainable. One of the things that I thought was interesting about yours is yours called a sports MBA program, right? So your curriculum is a bit different than when you hear sports management, sports admin. Can you talk a little bit about why your program is different from the curriculum or from your, from an experiential way? Uh, what's different from a sports MBA than having a, a graduate degree in a sports management say? Yeah, I, I think I don't want to begrudge anybody who has a sports management degree, uh, you know, um, movie quote, proud we are of all of them. Uh, I don't know. It's, that's over my head. I have no idea what that means. That's a little about the achievers quote, um, but it's not. Uh, it's <laughs> Aren't not I a, the worst, Scott? Like it, I'm, I'm the, I'm the I, worst to have a conversation. I did that knowing it would just fall flat. So don't. Worry. <laughs> it drives Chris nuts. I can every week. See I'm like, I want to say coming out of say a quote, and I'm like, I'm just not gonna do it. I'm like, it's no point because it's just gonna be like crickets and people are like, this is boring. <laughs> I think I think there's a there there in the past was a demand for people that studied that sports management exclusively because that's all there was and people that wanted to make this industry a career they went ahead and did it that's fine like that, there's like like i said with 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 people that have grad degrees or don't or people have a different type of grad degree it's not a it's there's many 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 ways into the industry and some of the best most successful people don't have degrees or they have different ones i think an mba is just so versatile that you can take it wherever you want you know you can take it and work for a corporation you can work for different places you're going to learn finance you're going to learn accounting we have you know uh 
data analytics classes. We have digital marketing classes. We have things that I think are a lot more valuable than just sportsy, sportsy, sportsy. We're not going to come in there and, and talk about, you know, uh, wins above replacement player and stuff like that. We're going to put everything into a sports context, but in a sports business context. So I just think the versatility of the degree is what pays off and, and really, um, you know, I'm, I, it's, it, it's a head scratcher for me that there are actual grad programs out there. And I've, I've been exposed to a lot of them that, that don't have the students take exams and don't have them take midterms and finals and stuff like that. They're just kind of like, yeah, I, I, I did my final project and I said it looked good. And like that, that to me is like, that's not huh. good for the industry. You're not doing anybody any favors. How so, are you paying for? Like, yeah. What are you paying for? What are you doing? <laughs> Story time, you know, and that, that's the thing. Like there, the word sports will bring a lot of people to mm. the table. Um, so I think a lot of universities over the years, there's going to be a bubble at some point. I mean, we've been around for 15 years. And I'm sure when we started out, people looked at us as like the new kid on the block and didn't really think we were going to make it, but it's been a decade and a half now. And I think we're doing pretty damn well. So it's more of like a, I don't, I don't know how long this bubble will last because you folks in the hiring roles, you know, who sits in an interview with you and you can tell within 30 seconds, whether they can speak your language, whether they're qualified. Um, and I think my job is to, to admit people who are going to eventually be that caliber. And then while they're here, push them pretty hard to get up to that level so that when they interview with Chris or Rob, they, they knock your socks off. Yeah. So I have, I have a, I have a question about that. Cause I have a two part question. First, first one, you started 10 years ago now, right? With the evolution of sports and the business being has changed dramatically. How has your curriculum changed over those 10 years? Like, obviously you guys are adjusting as our business continues. Like esports wasn't a thing 10 years ago. Now it is. DraftKings did not exist 10 years ago. Technology is barely to where it is. Like how has that changed over the last 10 years where you guys have evolved with us in an industry. And then also the thing that you just mentioned, which is probably one of the most important things you could probably learn while you're at San Diego state is how to prepare for that interview and speak the language to come off in the first 30 seconds of like, I know what the hell I'm talking about. And I'm not going to say the, the, the buzzwords that make you go, this person is just a fan. They just want to come and hang out. They want to play fantasy football all day. They don't understand it's a business. Like, so do you put people through a rigorous kind of interview quasi practice forum as well? Yeah. Okay. So I'll take the first part of your question first. We have pivoted tremendously to focus a lot more on analytics, but like I said, not on the wins above replacement and VORP side of that, not sabermetrics and, and football analytics. Like we have pivoted to giving you the tools to be successful on the business intelligence side so that you can have, help add revenue for a team. And that doesn't mean that you're going to go be an analyst on, I'm sure Fenway Sports Management has an analytics team. I'm not, I'm not sending people necessarily to that. I'm, I'm understanding that so many people are going to go work for Rob and Chris, and they need to be able to understand the numbers, come to their superiors with numbers in hand, but also say, look, let me explain this and let, let me show you how to make a decision based on this and be a part of that. I, for, that is literally the number one piece of advice I give people now is you don't need to be the data analyst, but you better be able to decipher data when I give it to you and make an informed decision and have an intelligent conversation because everything we do, corporate sales, community relations, public like, is all tied back to some form of data. So the fact that you're doing that with your students puts people 9,000% ahead of the rest of the folks out there because you have no idea how many people come in and are like, I have never looked at a spreadsheet that shows me xyz and now i have to make an informed decision or decipher what this analyst just gave me you don't have to be the analyst but you better be able to understand what the analyst gave you yeah and we're 
and, and a great example of that just came up. We had um, Lauren Rojo from the 29th, just last year's graduating class, won a ring with the Dodgers this season. And she got in her, her real first foot in the door with the Dodgers was a, a, a completely reinstated uh, inside sales program, which they'd never really had. But I was talking to her and interviewing her about the, the championship. And, and I was so proud to hear that she was like, yeah, we had all this data and I made all these charts and Tableau and, you know, and Tableau is a piece of software that, that our students learned in their business intelligence class that we put in just three years ago. So our curriculum is constantly shifting and evolving. And, and, and to your point earlier, you know, how, how are we, you know, kind of giving these students what they need? We added a digital marketing course for this coming spring that we've never had for our students that are going to graduate into a COVID environment, knowing that those types of jobs are in high demand right now. And we're, and we're pivoting because that class used to be our annual trip to the Dominican Republic, but obviously that was shelved for this year, but we said, okay, what do these students need? And it wasn't just me pulling, you know, something out of thin air. I, I had a, a graduate assistant survey our alumni. I heard from over a hundred alumni who are in the industry in various roles all over the place. And we said, what do these students graduates need because COVID's here and we can't, we, we have to just face it. What can we offer them to make them competitive? So to, to your point earlier about, you know, what are we doing to make sure that they can speak that language? It's getting real-time feedback from alumni. We constantly have people, believe it or not, here in San Diego, there's constantly alumni on vacation or visiting or, or uh, you know, back well, on campus. never vacation in San Diego, would they? Uh terrible idea. So we constantly have alumni go, coming in and telling the students, hey, this is what you need to look for. Um, one of the best examples I can cite is, is our friend, uh, I call him Jack, you call him Jackie Tipton. He, every time he comes to talk to the class, which is almost annually, this is probably the first year that we've missed, he drops something on them and says, here, this is something I'm working on right now. And it, it, prior years, it was the Pirates and it was Pitt Athletics and now it's the Penguins. But he'll say to them, this is something I'm working on right now. If you guys have any thoughts, here's my email address. Why don't you get back to me with some ideas? And that's how, just by working on that project for Jack, completely outside of a class, nothing to do with you know, the marketing class or the accounting class or anything. Uh, we had an alum, Amy, who now works for Jack. A couple of you guys, you guys have both talked to her. Yep. Um, she ended up being on his radar because she gave him a PowerPoint deck full of marketing ideas that he had asked for and no one else did it. She worked on it with a couple classmates of hers and said, Hey, here are our thoughts. And Jack was like, this is amazing. And you know, lo and behold, about two years later, she had working for another organization. Amy gets a call and says, Hey, we'd like you to interview for this position. So I want people to work on projects like that all the time. Our students just presented a group of eight students presented yesterday to Bundesliga Americas. And I mean, a pretty wild thing to be, pitching ideas to the German National Soccer League about how they can grow in the US, but it was not for credit. It was not for a class. It was just something that I think students need to be doing that kind of stuff and should be doing that to, to work on their chops. So when they get into a situation and you say, hey, how would you sell this founding partner here in Worcester? They know how to say, all right, well, here's what you want to look at for ROI. Here's this, 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 and that's how they have to back that up. So I, I want to prepare them to interview with you two. Like taking do something that Chris and I say and put it on steroids. Yeah. I think you're actually making them do something. That's a good, yeah. that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing. You talk a lot about uh, your uh, alumni and the, the group of alumni that come from San Diego state. I've, you know, talked to a lot of different, you know, sports uh, uh, sports grad programs, but I feel like your alumni base is something to, 
bring up and something to, to cherish and there's something to, to show the world. Can you talk a little bit about the, the pride that you have in your alumni and a little bit about like how they came about and like what you see in the successful ones that come from, you know, working on a class to now being a very successful alumnus in the sports industry? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I think a lot of our alumni feel a lot of pride about the program because we're relatively new and we don't have a whole department to back us up. There's a lot of universities that have an undergraduate sports management major. San Diego State does not. We are our own entity. And we, we decided when my classmates and I were going through the program, we were, we were the expansion team. We were that brand new thrown to the wolves, you know, see what happens kind of class. And, um, you know, it happened that a lot of us decided, listen, we can make this what we want it to be. And the good part is the, the class that came after us um, that a number of my classmates and I helped recruit them uh, turned out to be just full of rock stars. So you've got people that landed some unbelievable positions. Um, you know, right now they're still doing some amazing things in sports. You got um, Mike Kitts, who's a senior VP of partnerships at the Warriors. You got Shana Ferguson, who's the chief commercial officer at USA Swimming. You got Steve Guerra, who runs a sports business technology company in LA, uh, but spent a lot of years in the, the coaching side in the NFL. And it goes on down. There's guys that are running divisions in esports, and just that class was full of all stars. And so I think my group, the you know kind of the, the first graduating class, looking at the second graduating class, and and trying to help them come along, set the precedent for okay, um, we're kind of on our own here. This is not something that the university's been doing for 20, 30 years. So we have to we have to decide now as alumni how we're gonna approach this. So when I took over um, that class, I was, I was mentioning just graduated, it was 2007. Our third class was in school when I took over the program. And so we've always just run things with a, all right, we're, we're gonna get it done. We, we don't have 20 years or 30 years worth of alumni to, to lean on. So I leaned on my fellow alums constantly when I first got this job. So if you were you know, a 22 year old Rob Crane in Battle Creek, Michigan or whatever you were, like and you asked for info about the program, like you might get a call from someone at IMG in Cleveland that was an alum and go, hey, you're, I see you're in the Midwest. I'm in the Midwest. Let's talk about this program. And so we were doing it almost like a real bootstrappy kind of way. And now That's that awesome. our alumni is up to, you know, almost 400 of us out there, um, you know, we can lean on somebody in any market basically and just say, oh, hey, this prospective student from Japan's applying. I got four alumni in Japan that can meet up for him with him for a drink or her for a drink and say, yeah, this is a great program. You should go there. And I think that gives a lot of credibility. I don't, I don't necessarily need my, you know, alumni who've been out for 15 years to do that. I could talk, I can call Lauren. She's been out of, out of school for a year, but she has experience with the Dodgers. She's got a great successful path. And I could think she would talk to anybody in LA and say, yeah, I had a great experience there and it got me where I am in sports. Can I hit the Wayback machine? How did you go from giants intern to going into the sports NBA and being the class of the, the first one. And then um, how did you end up being the one to run this whole thing? Tell me the um, story. So I, Lauren was the giants intern. She, she was the one who came oh, I'm sorry. To the program from there. No worries. Um, but I, I was working on the East coast. I worked for the DC sports commission and was perfectly happy there. We were at the time, um, one of my projects was like working on the site that became nationals park. So um, we were operating out of RFK stadium and uh, running nationals and DC United games 
back to back sometimes and, and, and then getting the new stadium built in Southeast DC. Um, but the, the university called because I was so involved as an alum and tried to help with recruiting and the director who was running the executive MBA program and the sports program left. And they said, we'd like to hire a dedicated director and we think you'd be a good fit. So I jumped in and, and, and came out there. I was 26 um, and took over the program, uh, you know, in, in late 2007 and just started going from there. 26 running a department of a uh, renowned university. It's amazing. Well, not as amazing as, you know, a minor league general manager. And no, career. no, that, yeah. Let me tell you, you can, you can have uh, half a brain. I got a quarter of one and uh, you can be a minor league baseball GM. Jeez. Oh man. I think, it, I think it was out of necessity, but Hey, you know, I, I took the opportunity. It wasn't, it wasn't something that I, I, um, I didn't want to run it in a half-assed way. It was sort of like, yep. all right, I'll take the job, but I, I don't want to just be one of those programs that cranks out students and, and, yeah. you know, turns the turnstiles and, and calls it a day. I wanted to be good quality. And that, that took a while. I'm not going to lie. That took a long time. Scott, you're sitting down. So take me through this hypothetical situation. You're sitting down next to somebody trying to make a decision, right? I want to go to uh, San Diego state sports NBA a program, or I, I might want to go somewhere. Uh, I might want to go somewhere else. What kind of advice are you are you giving them? What are some of the things that you say? You know, here's how I would really look at this. And if you were to take remove yourself, you're not the director of it, right? But you were the person just trying to give good, solid advice to say A or B. What are some of the things that, like, man, you've got to look at this part of that curriculum or this part of that uh, university? That's that's something I often talk about with people who are applying because. I need them to ask themselves whether they are ready for this A at this point in their career or B at this point in their personal lives. And for a lot of people, the idea of moving to San Diego does not, does not, I don't have to sell anyone on that. That everybody thinks that's a good idea. And <laughs> it, is, it is. It's a really, it's a really sunny place. It's super mellow. It's great. There's a lot of great things going for San Diego. But if you want to get into this industry you have to be really, 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 really damn good and really qualified to be able to take a sabbatical year in the sunshine and play golf or go to the beach or go to the bars and then re-enter this very competitive industry yeah. looking nice and tan and not being accomplished. <laughs> so what I'd say to people is, look, are you, are you able to handle those types of distractions and can you plant yourself into this situation and still succeed? And what I mean by succeed is do your homework you know, work on these extra projects that I'm talking about. Like if someone, if an alum comes in and says, Hey, I want you guys to work on this project. Are you going, eh, I don't know. I was thinking about playing spike ball all weekend at the beach. Or are you like, yeah, you're right. Like I probably should work on this. It's going to help my career. So I, I really ask people like, what kind of a student are you? We look for really nerdy people. I mean, that's atypical for, for this town and, and, and in some ways San Diego state university, but we, we need people to be really, well-read and really curious and, and all those things because we want them to challenge themselves when they're here. Because if you just come out here and you don't have those things, you're going to be very disappointed at the end of the 18 months. You might've had a great time, but you're going to get a lot of no's when you apply for jobs. But if you come out here with a plan and you're ready to work hard, you're going to still have a great time, but you're going to end up hopefully, you know, with, with a good job offer at the end. So Scott, you kind of talked about the, pandemic a little bit obviously our industry has faced our own challenges and adjusted what did what did you guys have to do immediately beyond obviously online but like how did you have to adjust 
getting these because you have a lot of international students, right? So like all of a sudden you're you're dealing with a pandemic. How did you guys make it through these past couple of months? Like because I've talked to your students and I've had a lot of one-on-ones with them and they have extremely been complimentary of how the program has run and haven't felt like they've missed a beat without during this. Um, how did you guys take take this head on? But looks like we're getting better and better news every day for all of us for next year as the vaccines seem to be coming down the pipeline, which will be great for your next incoming class. But clearly, and I told this to your, your students is like, look, if you can deal with this and figure this out, you'll come into our industry and that's what we deal with, right? We deal with adversity. We deal with challenges. Every single game, every single issue that comes up is literally a problem solving Rubik's cube that we just have to be on our feet at all times to solve. So this almost will prepare you for when you sit down and say, hey, this is what I had originally planned to do when I went to San Diego State, but I got XYZ when I was there because we were in a freaking pandemic. Yeah, I think a couple of things. We, we tried to expose students to as many different parts of the industry that maybe weren't struggling. So uh, I'll give you an example. We have a couple of, of folks who graduated in 2020. So they graduated virtually when COVID hit. Um, one works for a software company that sells into Teams. You guys are probably familiar with it, Core Software out of New yep, York City. Yep, yep. Um, you know, I, I won't speak for, for their bottom line, but I know that this, this student is still employed, but a lot of students, unfortunately, that had maybe team jobs or entry-level pro sports jobs were let go, you know, prior to graduation, even in college sports jobs, et cetera. Um, you know, I know that, that there are certain parts of the industry that are, that are still a high priority for executives. Another one is uh, we had an alum who, who graduated in the same class that works for an apparel company that focuses a lot on um, sweatpants and sweatshirts and stuff like, like that. They're called Viore. They're locally based here in, in the San Diego area. Um, their growth, I mean, I think both of you are wearing a hooded sweatshirt right now. Their growth is through the roof, right? Because everybody's at home. We don't live in San Diego, Scott. We, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's 20 degrees outside here in Boston. So. But I mean, you're, you're not wearing your finest blazer is what I'm saying. No, no. On Zoom. I don't no. see a blazer amongst the three of us. So no. like we, we're, we, I wanted this year's class to get exposed to who is hiring, who is looking, who is, um, you know, I'm constantly sending them job opportunities and, and, Things that I hear about are alumni that, that are looking for interns. Um, you know, just they're going through interviews right now um, with one of the, our alums with a team is interviewing several of our students. So it's it's one of those things where we're just trying to give them the best opportunities that they can. And knowing that they have an MBA at the end of the day, I'm not that worried about them because I think they can land on their feet outside of sports. And when things rebound, whenever that might be we will come back with a vengeance and these guys will be right there ready, ready to go after it. And they'll have, they'll have a story. Yeah. COVID hit. I had this job. It was, it, it was taken away. I did this instead. I learned these skills and now I'm ready to come back. So Rob and I have talked a lot more about the intersection of societal problems in our, our industry, right? That's come across in 2020 been brought to the forefront. And I saw you guys recently had a guest speaker speak to the students, Brenda Tracy, to come in and talk about sexual assault as she was a survivor and she's now an activist and it all tied back to sports and her messaging. I read I read the press release you guys put out. What I mean, this is obviously a very heavy topic to discuss, but it's obviously a very real topic. And I think as we've, Rob and I have always alluded to, our industry has the power to influence change. We're probably not always the most qualified to be the ones leading the discussion because we're sports people who work in front offices, but realizing the the ability that we have to grab people's attention and, and make a positive impact in people's lives on a daily basis based on the microphone that we're given as a sports team. 
How have you guys addressed these types of topics? I saw that Brenda's thing, but what else are you doing to instill this into your students to be like, look, these are all real issues. These are, these are real life things that happen. They are crept into sports in a very, very big way. This is how you should prepare for them. Like our organization has told people to go screw at this point, if you don't like it, like we're going to support who we support. Um, not everyone's do doing that. And it takes a lot of gumption, I think, because you're, you're risking usually dollars when you do things like that. But what else are you guys doing daily to talk to the students? Because clearly as an international group too, there's probably a very different diverse group to talk about this where you don't always see that in a front office. Yeah, that's a very important question. And one of the things that I was really proud of this year, one of our faculty members, Dr. Cornelis is originally from Belgium. And we had a conversation this summer when all this was going on and her class debuted in 2019. So this was gonna be her second year. And the two of us were on the same page and said, well, this class was a sustainability class, you know, looking at how corporations, not just, not just environmental sustainability and, and climate change related topics, but sustainability in the broader sense can be an effective and way, way to make organizations more profitable. And, and she and I came to the conclusion that her course this semester needed to pivot and become more of a sport and society class. So she went out and found Brenda Tracy, which was wonderful and, you know, got her to talk about her nonprofit, Sex the Expectation, and, and all the work that she'd done with the NCAA. And, you know, it's a really interesting because she talks to football teams all the time. That's kind of her, her primary audience. And she talks to a lot of college athletes, but for her talking to future managers on the sports business side of things, she was really hitting on, okay, well, you're gonna be the ones in power. When, when people say, oh, I wish they would address this, that's you and talking right. to my students, that was really powerful. And so Dr. Cornelis brought her to the table and then I went out and found Doug Glandel who I'd never met, but I'd been reading a lot of his work from former MLB uh, player, now a, a broadcaster on ESPN, um, but a very accomplished author. He, he, he wrote a book. He also wrote several really uh, wonderful pieces for ESPN, the New York Times, talking about the issue of, of race in baseball. So um, finding folks like that, I think was really, really critical. Um, and then trying to find a way to, to influence that and not just talk about it for the sake of talking about it, because we're not a culture that's gonna be around next year. All these students are scattering and they're right. going into other organizations. So I just hope that they come in with that mindset of, okay, when I was in grad school, not only did I learn about these things and hear about them in, in lectures, but my classmates and I practiced this. So um, you mentioned international students. Yes, of course. Um, this was also a really challenging year to have international students. We had, uh, I don't, I can't remember if it was an executive order or whatever it was come out that said any international students that were online. I remember that. Would, would have to leave. We, we, I think we were, I were, we were talking to you like the day before that all came oh, out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like and, a... and so I had to meet with Pierre uh, in a park six feet apart because he was having a cow justifiably wondering if he was going to have to break his lease and move home at the end of the month. So I think it was really, it was a really crazy time, but it was very, very good to have his classmates there to support him and be, be supportive. And so I, I, I hope that, um, you know, tech taking on these issues, it's something that people can take with them when they graduate. Cause it's really important that if you, either of you hire a graduate from SDSU, which I hope you do at some point, hope we do too. Um, that they come in and they, they add value to your organization, not just from the analytics and the nerdy and the business intelligence side, but they're good people to be around and they're, they're well-rounded. And I think that that takes work you can't just open the door and let in the first 30 people in line and let that happen. We, that's why we screen our applicants so carefully. And we, we look 
out for people that might cause issues. And we try to admit people that will bring great value and diversity and of thought and, and backgrounds and everything else to our, to our group. One of the things I've always, uh, like I said, prior is your alumni base. When you're, and you have a ton of alums come back, right? You've just talked five, six, seven of them that come back and speak to the classes regularly. When you get them in a one-on-one situation, you're talking to them, what's some of the things that they're telling you is like, Scott, you've got to get this into your curriculum. And what have you learned from your alums that you have now inserted into your curriculum? That was um, the, the business intelligence piece of, of knowing that our alums had to get better or our, our graduates had to get better at the different types of database tools, the visualization software, things like that. Um, and then this, this year, the class hasn't started yet. It'll start in January. Um, the digital marketing piece of doing SEO and that stuff, that all came out of an alumni survey. And then just speaking off the cuff with alums one-on-one saying, hey, what would you do right now if it were you? Like right yeah, now, right. If, if, if either of you, God forbid, got let go tomorrow, how would you get back into the industry? Would you go full speed at what you'd always been doing? Or would you say, you know what, I got a little time. Maybe I could learn this and come in with a little bit of a sharpened skill set and go after this. Now, I, I think it's a, a very different analogy and I don't want to go down that road too far, but we have people who are at the point in their careers where they can pivot and be whatever they want to be. If they come yeah, to this right. program, they could be a data analyst because that happens. They can be a, a stadium ops person. They can be a foundation director. They, and that happens. If you look at the graduating class from you know one or two years ago, you've got you know project manager, marketing manager, insights analyst, like operations assistant, like it's all over the map. So I think what our alumni say is, okay, look, they, their data is never going to go away. So the more they can learn about data, the better. So we bring in not just the classes that they have, but we bring in alumni that are good at those things to teach them those specific topics to just say, all right, class isn't going to touch this, but Hey, this week we're focusing on this, this, and this, and we want. Okay. No, it's all right. <laughs> technical, technical. I do it all the time. Yeah, literally happens regularly. Um, I got really excited talking about the data part. So yeah, it was. It's it's something. Data that makes want. me excited. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's 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 true. I mean, it's it's these alums want to help. They genuinely want because if these graduates get out there and get good jobs, that helps them, and they could start doing deals like. You know, our folks that are in corporate partnerships, they love it when alumni get out and work for people with a marketing budget because they call and go, <laughs> hey, remember that stats professor? You know, that's a great thing to knock on the door with. And you, you, that door opens right up for you. So it's a great thing to, to help everybody out. So, Scott, uh, I might apply after this because, first of all, San Diego, <laughs> San Diego sounds better than my basement in Boston for the next couple months. Also, my parents are retiring in about uh, three weeks and they're going to be spending their time in San Diego as of January. So I do have a reason to come out and once we can actually fly again, um, I think they might have to drive across the country. That's here nor there, but, uh, obviously this has thrown a little bit of a wrench into your guys' academic calendar and so forth, but when is the next process going to start for, for people listening to get involved and start applying to San Diego state? And also what can they do between now and then to probably set themselves up to be considered as a great candidate when they do talk to you? Um, and in that interview process. So when, when's open enrollment starting? That's great. Um, so we, we are accepting applications right now. It's December 2nd, 2020. So when uh, we're recording this, so um, the application window will be open for another uh, three months. So we'll be 
open through March. Um, I guess that would be four months, but no, March 1st. So yeah, we, we, we go through March 1st, 2021, and uh, we'll, we'll be accepting applications up through that time. We're going to start in fall of 2021. We've always been a January start, but we pushed that back with the hopes that there's, you know, a vaccine and everything else going looking on. Good. But, looking yeah, good. Looking good. We'll see. Look, we're looking good. Fingers uh, crossed. So I'm, Pfizer. I'm hopeful. Moderna well. too. Our goal is to get people in. Um, and then we do uh, about two info information sessions a month. So if you just go to our SDSU sports MBA uh, socials or LinkedIn or anywhere else, um, we do a few info sessions a month where I go through the curriculum. I go through where our alumni have landed, et cetera, et cetera. But the best thing people can do if they want to ace the interview with the program is to have a very clear idea, not of what they want to do. I don't care. You don't have to tell me that you want to be a corporate partnerships, you know, analyst or, or, or whatever it might be. You just understand what the industry looks like and where this program might fit in with your plan. And if you just say like, well, I don't know, that's okay. But I also don't want it to be for a lack of effort and trying. So do some research, read some books, listen to some podcasts like this one. So I would assume anybody hearing us right now is probably already down that path a little bit, but it's just have a clue of why this program is a fit for you. We're very unique. We're, we're not like most other programs. So why, why is this what you want? And why does this help you get down the road? And what, what's it gonna be about this program that you're gonna make you successful? And if, you know, we, cause we flat out ask people like, what do you plan to do while you're here? And if it's like, I don't know, play some golf, like, no, wrong answer. Like, but if you like golf, great. I don't care if you play golf. I hope you play a lot of golf, but I hope you're working hard too. And I hope, you know, the farmer's insurance open. Unfortunately, there was such an early event on the calendar. They had to go without fans. They announced this week, but in a normal year, we're behind the ropes helping Marty and those guys out on the farmers. And you, you pretty much have tiger just about every year, the U S open, the freaking U S open is going to be here in June of 2021. Like that better be on your application. If you're a golf person, and, and you say, oh, well, I'd look for an opportunity to work with the USGA and, and get involved with the US Open. So that just being prepared, it's sort of like a job interview. I mean, I, I don't think you guys would, would be out of line asking someone like, hey, what's your 90 day plan if we hired you to work for us? And I kind of have that same question, not just like, I don't know, you tell me, you know, give me yeah, some right. I'll, I'll show up to him. Like, no, what else are you going to do? What's your plan? Right. Well, that's giving everyone the answers to the test, as we like to say. So if you there do you apply to San Diego State, you have the answers to the test of how to ace the interview. Where can they go to get more information, though, Scott? Um, we are just sdsu.edu, I believe, slash sports MBA. You should probably get that right. They, we moved it uh, recently, but let me see if it takes you there. Just double check. It's SMBA. Nope. Yep, it works. Yep, um, sdsu.edu slash sports MBA. They all work. Um, we have a great team that puts our website together. So, uh, yeah, I, I would check out our website, check out our socials. We're at SDSU Sports MBA on all kinds of social media. And, uh, and a great know. social media. Your, your social media crew is pretty good. Yeah, they do a great job. Well, um, we'll put all the links in our social as well as we put this out. This will be out tomorrow. Whoa. So, yeah, this will go out tomorrow. Big, big day. So December 3rd, we got to get these applicants in, Scott. We got to have enough time for everyone to apply. So the quicker we put this out, the better. But no, but thank you for the support from day one. And you were our ability to get a listener in Moldova, as we yes. uncovered <laughs> as, a, as an SDSU alum. We uncovered as the Moldova listener. Uh, and you also were one of our South American uh, vacations, right? Where that was me. Yeah I, yeah, I I fooled Chile. you guys into thinking you were really popular in Chile, but you're not. <laughs> <laughs> that was just me downloading your podcast and walking around Valparaiso, Chile, 
listening to Rob and Chris like a big nerd I am. But uh, how long yeah, ago does that seem, by the way? That seems like, like ten thousand years. It was literally it, about a year ago this week. And it seems like ten thousand years ago. Like I, I, there's stuff that had happened in 2020. That, I mean, I was at the Super Bowl. I'm like I, that, that. That that doesn't make sense that I was at an event, but there's people. It just doesn't feel right to no. say that. I, I want to say, besides all of the great professional things that Scott has brought to us, he's also uh, reminded me that I actually knew the word tincture uh, when we were trying oh, to read that uh, that ad. Uh, I had no idea that, uh, that I knew that word, and I and I was singing it for years. We should have you do that assignment that I actually did that Rob still hasn't done is make your all time Pearl Jam album with. Oof. With the song. you don't have to do it right now. It's it's a it's a hard process. I did it I did it in the drive to New Jersey when my wife was driving. I actually put together an album of what I thought would be my all time Pearl Jam. Rob, I don't think has done it because he's building a ballpark. I, 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 he's got a, he has two <laughs> I haven't done anything. Um, but yeah, no, it's it was a fun exercise. I will do that. What's your all time favorite Pearl Jam show that you've been to? Oh, so my, I, me, huh. my first one, Memphis. Memphis. I right. went to a Memphis one and it was fantastic. So my favorite Pearl Jam show is Fenway, but my favorite Eddie experience is Dublin. It was just Eddie, and my I had surprised my wife for her thirtieth birthday, and we weren't going for Pearl. We weren't going for Eddie. He just happened to be on a solo tour in Europe, and we saw Eddie Vedder in Dublin. He played for three and a half hours. It was unreal. Um, It was a really cool night. It was a really cool night. That's amazing. When was the Memphis show, Rob? Probably two thousand fourteen. 2014 okay 2014 that was that was it was inside and uh i was late to the game of going to pearl jam shows it just was uh, we were gonna yeah. go rob and i we were, were going we were gonna to go. msg we, we were gonna get tickets through msg man tickets this year. Yeah. No, no that would have been that would have been it. I, I, and uh but i never was a big concert guy i don't know it just never who, really... who would have thought you're not a big yeah. movie guy like what concerts. did what did you do did you just yes. come home and play with a nerf hoop and and Great, great question. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't, I didn't really do a lot. I just kind of go. And I this is what I deal with. Scott. Mess around. This is my weekly. I'm like, oh, you know, like, would you see that that movie? No. Did you hear that song? No. No. Nope. Did you, no. <laughs> did you go <laughs> golfing? Yup. That's yes, I did. <laughs> that, that's that's what I recently. That's what I've been doing. Uh, by the way, shot best score of the year this past year, and, and and get this, even more impressive, I played an entire round of golf with the same golf ball. That is impressive. I've never done that before in my life. I've never done. I've never done that. You you must get out a lot, Scott. Yeah, a fair amount. I mean, when I can, um, I I have the resident card to play Tory, which is great. So I'll do it whenever I get a shot. But it's it's uh it's tough to get out. I mean, just just been really busy. Like you, usually we have a, a, a staff of two, and during COVID, it's been one. So yeah, it's just you know, doing, doing double the work is, doesn't leave me a ton of time, but it's, it's fun to get out when you can though. I, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to getting you guys out here and, and, uh, I'll never like down. Will be here, Chris. they you will be there. They're going to be there for months. And then my, they're going to go up and see my brother in Clovis and for a couple months, they're getting out of the New Jersey winter. They're in Jersey. Uh, they're retiring though. So yeah, I'll have a extra reasons to be going to San Diego regularly other than my family that's already there, but uh, I will never turn down a trip to San Diego. That is, that is on the book. Let's do it. Well, fish tacos are on me next time you guys are out this way. We'll have you talk to our, our class that starts. Yeah. When you can, when you can come back, when you come back and baseball's back and we have fans in the stadium again next year, you can come to a Woo Sox and a Red Sox game, kill two birds with one stone during the summer. That sounds like a great double header. I would love to do it. I'd love, we'd love to have you. 
Well, Love thank that. you for again for all your support, San Diego State. Uh, everybody, if you're listening right now, the, just even hearing more of you talk about it, the stuff that you prepare kids for, or I keep saying kids, they're kids to us, I guess. Um, with young the real, adults, the real world situations, the data, the analytics, everything that you guys are preparing them for, and I can attest to the people that we've spoken to from either informational interviews or our interviews on front office features. They are very well prepared, so it is a top-notch program. So if you're considering a sports MBA career path, San Diego State, go go apply now. Everybody, Scott, stay safe. Rob, you do you. <laughs> I'll do me, whatever that is. Awesome. All right, Scott, thanks, man. See ya. Thanks. All right, thanks, guys.